On today's episode of GIST Healthcare Daily, Dr. Elaine Batchelor, CEO of Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital in South Los Angeles, discusses the challenges the safety net hospital is facing as it emerges from the COVID pandemic. It's Monday, May 16th. I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in about 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. In the winter of 2020, Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital in South Los Angeles was completely overwhelmed by COVID patients. CBS News featured the hospital during a December report. Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital CEO Dr. Elaine Batchelor showed us the triage area set up in the ambulance bay. Her hospital is at the epicenter of the COVID fight, located in a low-income, under-resourced community in South Los Angeles. CEO Dr. Elaine Batchelor says she was in such crisis-solving mode, she wasn't aware of just how hard her 131-bed hospital was hit. I actually didn't realize how bad it was until I looked at the data that was published by the um, Health and Human Services Department on every hospital across the country and the number of COVID patients per licensed hospital bed. And I saw that we had more COVID patients than tertiary medical centers in the region. Um, So we had an incredibly high volume of COVID patients for a small community hospital. And I think it's a reflection of the uh, social determinants in our community. Um, High prevalence of poorly treated chronic illness, poor access to prevention and disease management, um, all the other social determinants of health and essential workers who couldn't uh, isolate at home. And, uh, you know, it was a recipe for a public health disaster, really. The hospital looks a lot different when I visit in late April. The volume of COVID patients is now very low. So we are now down to zero to three COVID patients in the hospital in any given day, which is the lowest point we've been at since the pandemic started. But Bachelor says things aren't quite back to normal. We are still seeing a very high volume of patients in our emergency department, nearly 100,000 people a year, which is not quite back to the level we were at pre-COVID. So in 2019, we actually did 110,000 ED visits. 
Um, so it has rebounded quite a bit, but not quite back to the same level. Our inpatient census, however, is higher than it was um, pre-COVID. That differs from what many other hospitals are seeing. Healthcare data analytics company Strata Decision Technology has been tracking volume changes throughout the pandemic. With data from 500 hospitals in March, the company found on average inpatient and emergency department visits are still below pre-pandemic levels, but outpatient visits are up 20%. But MLK Hospital is a safety net hospital. It doesn't do much elective care. So those pauses during early pandemic days weren't as much of a hit to its bottom line. The hospital's payer mix is about 70% Medicaid, and the rest is made up of uninsured and Medicare beneficiaries with just a few percent of commercially insured patients. But Bachelor says patients are coming back, but now they're sicker. There are patients who deferred care during the pandemic, both uh, chronic for chronic conditions and other conditions, and they are now coming in. And many of them seem worse. You know, the patients seem like they are sicker. Um, And we're continuing to see this high volume of patients being admitted to the hospital. And the other thing that's interesting is we're also seeing more new patients that we hadn't seen previously. So we still have the patients that we know and that we're familiar with. But we now have uh, patients that we are, are new to. And they are quite sick as well. The pandemic has brought disparities in healthcare access and outcomes to the fore. And while there's been a lot of discussion about equity in healthcare, I asked Bachelor if she's actually seeing any changes, either locally from California's Medicaid program or CalAIM, the federal government, or the private sector. What I've heard is a lot of encouraging talk, but I can't say that I've seen a lot of action yet, but I am hopeful. Um, I like what I'm hearing from CMS and CMMI, and I think that um, California, you know, CalAIM is an effort to um, improve outcomes for underserved communities. But what I haven't heard is anything about uh, additional resources for under-resourced communities that don't have the healthcare infrastructure and where patients clearly do not have access to the care they need. What I'm really focused on is developing services and infrastructure for this community, which is one of the most underserved and was most impacted by COVID and the pandemic. And I'm I'm still concerned about that. What would those services look like? My vision is that we continue to build an integrated um, healthcare system that provides high quality care for this community, that it includes inpatient care, that it includes prevention and disease management in the community, that it integrates behavioral health care fully with physical health care, and that it also addresses social determinants of health like food security, transportation, and homelessness. But building out those services costs money. And the financial situation for some hospitals across the country is precarious. As we've reported the last few weeks, rising labor, supply, and drug costs, combined with some sluggish volume returns during the first quarter, are putting significant pressure on hospital margins. According to a recent American Hospital Association report, more than a third of hospitals are now operating with negative margins. Well, COVID has had a really negative effect on the financial status of um, healthcare organizations and safety net 
healthcare organizations in particular. Because we took care of such a large volume of COVID patients, we incurred a lot of um, unanticipated expenses. And early during the pandemic, there the, the federal government had the CARES Act and there was financial assistance, which was incredibly helpful and important. But that assistance um, sort of waned over time. And as a result, this year, for the first time, we have a pretty significant loss, financial loss. And, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out how we're going to make this organization financially sustainable. At the same time, we're seeing incredible inflation in some areas of expenses. You know, there's been a lot of discussion about the labor shortage, the shortage of nurses, the fact that a lot of uh, hospitals have had to use very expensive traveler nurses. That is, uh, you know, approaching crisis levels. So we've got these really significant inflationary factors. And, you know, inflation in the general economy is going up. Um, at the same time that we've taken this big financial hit from taking care of all these COVID patients. As Bachelor detailed, safety net hospitals like MLK Hospital are facing those same headwinds of rising costs, but are harder hit by the end of some federal pandemic-era funding mechanisms, like government reimbursement for caring for uninsured COVID patients. And they've been aided by states pausing their Medicaid eligibility checks, which, when they resume, could result in millions losing coverage. As Bachelor says, the difference for MLK Hospital and other safety net hospitals is they don't have the luxury of cross-subsidizing these losses. So unlike other communities where providers can cost shift and subsidize losses from Medicaid with higher payment from commercial and Medicare payments, that's not a viable strategy. And that's why we're missing 1,300 doctors in this community and why we're missing every other type of healthcare service and infrastructure here as well. Bachelor is appealing to California state lawmakers for more funding. The hospital already gets supplemental state funds for certain kinds of inpatient care, but she's lobbying for more funding for outpatient and preventive care with a bill that's still in committee. We are very actively engaged in advocacy with our policymakers at both the state and the federal level for um, adequate resources. We actually have a bill that is in the state legislature right now that where we're asking for supplemental funding for outpatient services in the hospital, which are mostly emergency department visits, um, acknowledging that our emergency department has become the de, de facto medical home for thousands of people in this community because of the lack of access in the community. So we are asking for supplements to uh, expand that care and to maintain it. Um, safety net hospitals get supplements for inpatient services, but there aren't supplements for outpatient care, for prevention and disease management. So I always say we get, we get supplements to do diabetic amputations, which are among our most frequent surgical procedures but we don't get supplements to provide adequate prevention and management of diabetes and prevent that amputation from even occurring. Unlike some other safety net facilities, which are in rural areas and are the only hospital for miles, LA has several other facilities. I asked Bachelor, what could they be doing to help MLK Hospital? As a small community hospital, we cannot have all of the, the services that patients need. Um, we need partnership with tertiary facilities 
when we have patients who need a higher level of care. And having strong partners who are going to say yes when we call them and say, I have a patient who needs a service that we can't provide here that you do provide. I need you to take that patient. Um, that's what other hospitals can do. And we're working on, on those partnerships as well. That was Dr. Elaine Batchelor, CEO of Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital in South Los Angeles. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.